With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
on his return to his hometown. Hello guys and welcome back to a bonus edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Now, you shouldn't need me to tell you by now, but you can follow The Last Word on Spurs across a range of different social media platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also catch us across Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. Now, we are reflecting on Tottenham Hotspur winning a penalty shootout. No, I'm not winding you up against Watford in the Carabao Cup. Joining me to review a thrilling night's action in the Cup, I've got three chaps that actually were there. First up, always welcome on this show. We've got the brilliant Vass back from Hotspur America. Vass, how are you coping? Yeah, all good, Rick. Thankful for getting through to the next round of the Carabao and looking forward to tonight, mate. Yeah, nearly a fright at the end, Vass. Wouldn't be top, though, would it? <laughs> It wouldn't, no, it wouldn't at all. No, it wouldn't be at all. Well, we're delighted to have these boys joining us tonight. We've fought demons to get these chaps on, and we're delighted <laughs> to have them on the show tonight. We've got Ben and Sim from the very popular We Are Tottenham Fan TV. Boys, how are you coping? Let's go first to you. Ben, how you been? Hi, right, after last night, you know, uh, winning on penalties, what are the chances you're going to see England and Spurs win on penalties in the same year? Yeah, oh, especially MK Dons, Ben. I especially weren't expecting that one either, was you? I was not, but I tell you what, I was dreading going to MK Dons, but I quite enjoyed it last night. I yeah. thought the atm when the fans got going, uh, it was pretty good. It reminded me a bit of the lane. There you go. And Sim, you of course was there with your brother. What did you make of the game and that thrilling ending? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if really leave it to the last minute in these kind of situations, but we're used to playing away from home nowadays, so you know you know how it is, you just get on with the job. Very true indeed. Well that's why I say Spurs, it's just we've only won just two of our eight penalty shoots out we've had in our whole history. And that's only the third since 1984, so we're not regulars at doing it. And God, it was a scare at the end, but Delhi, King Delhi of Milton Keynes getting us through safely. Let's go straight into the game then against Watford. Let's start with you, Vass. So Spurs made eight changes for the visit of Watford to the MK Don Stadium. Only Gazaniga, Toby Adeverald and Mora retained from the weekend's team, which beat Brighton. While Ali got the captaincy at his former home. Vass, when you saw the team, what did you make of it first off? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, Rick. I thought it was a fairly strong team, uh, given that... In the past, we've uh, fielded somewhat weakened sides. Um, but I think it was also there to provide certain players with game time. Uh, Wanyama, Sissoko, Winks, all three of whom played in the midfield. So it was it was a decent lineup to start the game with. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that and um, gave me a little bit of confidence, I've got to say. OK, interesting. That's just on the team selection. Obviously, no place in the starting eleven for the likes of Fernando Loriente, Juan Foyth, Carl Walker-Peters. You do question, Vass, if they're not going to start these kind of games, if it isn't going to be in the League Cup, where do you think they're likely to play, just out of interest this season? <laughs> on the training pitch. No, um, <laughs> I think I think Lorente is... Um, <clears throat> we, we all know the guy has got limitations, mm. so he's going to be a bit part player. I, I'm not really fussed whether he, he was in or out, to be honest with you. He came on in the second half and one header aside didn't really do too much. So I think Lorente's days seem to be numbered at Spurs. The one player I think who probably should have played would have been Carl Walker-Peters. Um, I know it seems that Pochettino settled on his left backs as being Ben Davis and Danny Rose, but you know I would have I would have put um, Carl Walker-Peters in, if only to, to give him a game and have a look at him, because I know it's the benefit of hindsight now, but 
Ben Davies was poor last night and I, mm. I don't think he's had a good season so far. So that would probably be the only one I would have said, yeah, play him. Uh, Juan Foyth has only literally just come back from injury. So uh, I don't know whether he would have been ready, to be fair. Mm. Let's get the boys' thoughts on it. Let me go first to you, Ben. you also got to remember we've got the likes of Skip, Amos and Georgiou who featured during pre-season. These guys haven't gone out on loan. Do you think in hindsight maybe yeah. it's the wrong choice if they're not going to get kind of starts like you know the other night? I mean, I would be honest for me, I was quite pleased with the side Pochettino put out. He showed respect to the cup. You know, Spurs who haven't won a trophy since we don't need reminding. It's been such a long time. I wanted to see a strong side, but I do wonder where these players that are kind of on the fringes of the squad are going to get games. I don't know. These players that you mentioned are very young. Well, George is actually getting on a bit now. I think he's about 22 years old, George. Mm, yeah, so, that's right. Um, I think these players, especially Skip and Amos, I think just being around the squad is great. Um, it's great for them. Um, they're not going to get much playing time, but I think just being in around and getting coached by these kind of Dembele's and Vertonghen's and Alderweireld and these kind of players will do them the world of good. I think they will get minutes maybe even in January they'll go out on loan but I think for now I think Pochettino picked the right squad last night right lineup but I agree with Vaz I think Ben Davis has had a terrible season this year and I would have liked to see Carl Walker Peters play as well mm. I think it's hard to disagree with that isn't it Ben Davis not sure what's happened with his form Sim coming mm. around to you as I mentioned there about the team and like Ben has said I mean it was a very strong team for Pochettino did you expect it to be as strong as what it was Sim well you look at when you look when you look at the team like Obviously, Wanyama, Winks, they need minutes. Mm. Um, Lamella has kind of, um, he's, he's kind of come up, come into his own in recent games, but he hasn't been a constant starter. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lucas has um, been starting most games. Deli Ali was coming back from injury. You had Aurier and Davis, who at the moment look like they're our sub fullbacks. And then, and then you have um, Sanchez, who has been kind of dropped for, obviously, Toby and Jan have rekindled their partnership. So I, I, don't, I don't see it as a, a team that was necessarily that strong. It was strong in terms of we used our squad. Mm. I think it just shows the depth of our squad more than it more than it shows how much respect that we had that we gave to the cup. I thought the squad, the fact that the team looks so strong, is a credit to the squad more than uh, more than I would say. Um, Pochino giving the cup more credit than you know than more respect. Sorry, mm. that's the term. No, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, the boys have mentioned it there, Vas. Got to come around to you and ask you. Shrias Rayo also asked the question. What's going on with Ben Davis? So good last year, and it's the polar opposite this time around. Bad form is understandable, but his body language doesn't seem the same. It seems like he stops trying when someone beats him. Vas, are you seeing that? I mean, you was there the other night. Can, could you could you see that? Yeah, I could. I was getting quite frustrated with Ben Davis. I mean, I do like him. He's been mm. pretty much Mr. Consistent for a, for a while. You always used to get a good shift out of him. He was quite good defensively. He actually looks quite hesitant and in fact um, Watford's first goal I would say came from a direct mistake from Davis because he misjudged a header if I remember correctly and the ball went beyond him and caught Sanchez out and before you knew it the Watford players were on and in on goal but generally his his distribution his passing everything it just wasn't the Ben Davis of last season not at all Boys, let me come back around to you because I made that argument last night coming around to you, Ben, that, you know, even Danny Rose, I mean, you'd probably say even Danny Rose at 70%, you'd probably have him in the team over Davis, wouldn't you, at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The thing is with Davis, it's a weird one because he had such a good season last year. He had 
no World Cup this summer, so you thought he'd come back raring to go, full of confidence, and he looks he looks shocked of confidence. He lo- looks like he has no confidence, and he looks hesitant, like you said. And I just don't get it, to be honest. I I, I have no answers for that. It's weird because it, with Ben Davis a lot this season, he's getting actually he's actually getting forward a lot. He's actually yeah. getting a lot of good positions, and he's getting and, he, and a lot of the time he has time on the ball. He has time to pick someone out. But those balls and, he's yeah. putting in the box are terrible. Awful. His his final ball has just become non-existent. He seems bereft of any conf- any sort of confidence. Defending, he seems to be caught out a lot more than he used to be. Uh, he used to be quite a very competent depend- defender. And I don't know what's ha- happening to him. Obviously, start of the season, maybe he'll grow into the season a bit more. But at the moment, he's completely a liability. And you're talking about players who have played up to the semi-finals of the World Cup. Yeah, this yeah. guy Ben Davis has no excuse whatsoever. Yeah, summer off, and he should be fit and firing. And it's, uh, it's a shame at the moment that he's he's playing the way he is because he's a valuable player to us. Reflective mm. of the start we've had to the season, uh, mm. a lot of the players don't seem to have been there or uh, uh, an image of what they were last season. But it seems to have affected some players more than most. And Ben Davis happens to be. One of them, uh, the hesitancy, the indecision, the, the the lack of quality. I mean, I got so frustrated at one point. Then I, I turned around and said, "I'd rather we just played with ten men." There's no <laughs> point Ben Davis being on the pitch. And as soon as I said that, Aurier got injured. He went off, and we yeah. did play with ten men. <laughs> well, it's, be it's, careful what you wish yeah, yeah, for. You wish for. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you bring in Aurier there because that's going to be my next point. That you know, the first half. Let's be honest about it. It wasn't a classic. I'm sure anyone trying to find highlights, God, you're going to struggle. Um, yeah. Sticking with you, Vas, because Serge Aurier in that first half made a wonderful last-ditch tackle. It was a really, go back and watch it. We've got a gif on it on the last one on Spurs. An absolutely brilliant last-ditch tackle. And I you know, Vass, I think he's surprising a few because he definitely this season for me has improved. And we've said it before on this show that Pochettino is... You know, second season with fullbacks, we've seen it before with Rose, with Walker, with Trippier. We've always seen him improve fullbacks, even in the Southampton days. You look at Klein, even if I go back with Shaw, they always seem to come into their own. And I just wonder with Serge if this is going to be, you know, again, a revelation. I know the guy has suffered an injury um, against Watford. Let's hope it's not too bad at the moment. We're not too sure what his situation is ahead of the weekend. But Vassar, you've been surprised by how well Ori has been so far. I know it's early, but it's looking promising, isn't it? Yeah, he gave an interview the other day, didn't he? And um, he was saying how he'd recently become a father and he's changed his outlook and everything else. Um, I don't know if that's had an impact, but certainly the last two performances he's had against Inter Milan and last night against Watford, I thought he was he's probably given the two best performances he's given in a Spurs shirt. Mm. I thought he was very good last night, uh, both defensively and going forward. He gave us uh, a lot of options on the right-hand side, but... It was just a shame, like you say, that he got injured and, and had to hobble off. And you can see the, the, the frustration on his face as well. I'm just hoping it, it's not a bad one because you never can tell with these types of um, non-contact injuries. So we'll we'll see how that one pans out. But yeah, definitely he's he's been an improvement on on the shaky Serge Aurier that we've seen in the past. Most certainly. And coming over to you, Ben, I mean, for me, he looks like he's actually improving with every start that he's had for Spurs so far this season. Have you noticed that? You go home and away, the both of you. Ben, have you noticed that on, on, on the road and obviously at Wembley? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Serge Aurier is a player I've been keeping my eye on this season. And, you know, when, when we lost Carl Walker, I felt we lost something on that right-hand side. But if we can get Serge Aurier just fit and firing and playing to his full capabilities the pure physicality of that guy you know 
maybe if we get Rose and him at full capabilities on both sides, we can have that kind of Rose and Walker thing going on again. You know what I mean? Hopefully. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Ben, because what you said there is spot on. That Spurs, that, I think that's what we've missed so much from that kind of even the 15-16 season. When we had Danny Rose at his absolute best, bombing forward and Walker on the other flank, we haven't quite found that, have we? And uh, Sim, do you agree exactly. that? We haven't, we haven't quite got yeah. that yet. Obviously, Trippy is not that, you know, as we know. From a, he hasn't got that much pace, has he? doesn't give us that much pace. He has different qualities, Trippy. He's great. He's great at what he does, but he just doesn't have that raw energy to get up and down the pitch like Walker used to have. Um, Aurier, listen, let's not be around. Let's not uh, pretend he didn't have good performances last season because he yeah, did take true. some good games. Yeah. And, um, and obviously, the whole problem with um, Aurier has always been his concentration. He can be a bit rash. He, he you know, dives in too early sometimes. Obviously, he's very encouraging. Play, play two games a season, played very well those two games. I think Aurier have always said it that he has all the qualities to be a, a great fullback for us. He has that he has that pace that I think we're missing on that right hand side, which Trippier doesn't give us. But obviously, we, I think we have to just calm down a bit in terms of he's had two good games and see how it goes. Mm. I'm, I'm confident he can turn into a great fullback. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Aurier last season, I felt when we were doing these shows, we was always we was always one game away from a cardiac arrest, fast, wasn't we? <laughs> yes, well, well, Jason was. Well, anyway. poor Jace. Yeah, he did survive it. By the way, we did find out from him that he landed in Bangkok. He was. I felt so sorry for him, Jace. Well, I think when he when he actually flew, the game was poised at two two just before penalties. What a horrendous way, you know, to be travelling all the way to Asia. Was it thirteen hour flight? Not even knowing how it's gone. I mean, he must have been driving himself mad. But that must... happened to me last year with oh, really? the uh, Borussia Dortmund game oh. at Wembley. We, we took off on the runway and we had our phones on when we were supposed to switch them off. And we knew that we were winning 2-1 and then we had another four and a half hours oh to wait till we got back to find out what the bloody score was. It's horrific. <laughs> just, it's just so Tottenham, isn't it? Honestly, so, so Tottenham. Well, as I said, that first half wasn't thrilling, but you'd argue that Spurs maybe looked the more likely to break the deadlock. Therefore, coming over to you, Ben, how much of a surprise was it that Watford went ahead straight after the restart, a minute in, Success did get behind Aurea, held him off and finished, you know, I say finished well. I don't think Gazzaniga should have done better with it. What did you make of the goal we conceded there, Ben? Yeah, I thought it was it was, <coughs> it was sloppy, to be fair. Um, Isaac's success shouldn't really be getting in that space. Mm. Um, Gazzaniga was kind of at his near post, got beaten. So, all in all, a pretty... Sloppy and bad goal to give away, but just luckily we got back in it. That's the truth. Mm, very true. Sim, coming round to you, do you think concentration there? We're a, we're a minute after we've restarted. You know, should we not be more switched on, Sim? Yeah, for sure. I think it was. I think forty-five seconds after the restart, success gets in behind him. Scored. I think it took us by surprise. I think. Um, I think it's probably what the game needed. In all fairness, because it was a pretty drab game. Mm. Um, I think it kind of kicked us into life a bit. I think, to be fair, I think we still struggled even after that. But um, We only really came to life in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. But success, I think it's hard to put too much blame on Gazaniga just because it was, it was at such close range and, then he, and he hit it with a lot of power. So obviously when, it, when a keeper gets beaten in his near post, there's always going to be question marks. But at that kind of range, with that kind of power on the ball, it's hard to put too much blame on him. Uh, would if Hugo would have saved it? You could argue yes. Of course but, he would. <clears throat> but I'd argue... <laughs> I would argue um, Serge could have been stronger in that situation. Mm. Vass, what was your take on the opening goal to concede that we did? Yeah, I don't. Well, from where I was, I, I, I don't think I saw that there could be any 
blame on the goalkeeper. The problem yeah. came much earlier, as I alluded to before. Uh, it was a ball that was played forward that, that Ben Davies totally misjudged. Um, Sanchez uh, got caught out, and, and before we knew it, we were on the chase, and um, they, they made it 1 0. And I think I saw actually Sanchez and and uh, Ben Davies arguing with, with each other after, after they scored. It was a pretty sloppy from our point of view. And like the guys have said, I mean, 45 seconds after the restart, you can't afford to, to be caught on your heels at, that early in, in, in that part of the game. So it's a bad lack of concentration. And I think, I think while success was giving us, um, or the defenders, some, some problems, I thought, they were finding it a little bit difficult to handle him during the night. But still... It, they weren't creating that many chances, um, Watford, and we seemed to just um, create a rod for our own back by letting them take the lead. Mm. I thought Sanchez was really poor yesterday. He looked <coughs> looked more like Anthony Gardner than Davidson Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, does it help? I mean, you say about Sanchez, he's, let's be honest about it. I think no one expected him to have, well, the season he had the, the previous season where he kind of took to Premier League so well, adapting to the culture. Do you think it is hard, going back to your point there, that chopping and changing of centre-backs, it can't do Sanchez any favours, can it? Yeah, that's fair enough. But, you know, he came straight into the team last year and hit the ground running. Yep. So you kind of expect the same or better. It's fair. It's fair. I mean, we're second season. I'm sure, though, I think with games under his belt. Because I think for Sanchez, he's been unlucky, hasn't he? For the second season in a row, he got dropped at Man United. I think, like I say, with the rotation, it doesn't always help players. And I think that's the only argument at the moment coming round to you, Sim, that... As we've seen with Spurs, you know, we've talked about the squad in so much depth. You know, we can go and do another show. We could do like another show about, you know, Spurs' squad depth. But do you think in general, you look at it, there, there does seem to be competition for places. We're going to bring it on to Lamella shortly, I promise you guys. But yeah. with Sanchez, you've got to look at our defence now. There is options there, isn't there, in that defence? Yeah, we, I think we're pretty well covered in, in, in our defensive uh, four. I think we full-back areas, centre-back, we have good cover. I mean, fourth can't um, get a game, can he? Uh, be, uh, no, can he him? And, he, and he, I think he's going to be corrupt to the Argentina squad. This is a guy that can't even get yeah, a game for Tottenham. Yeah, it's, it's mad. He, yeah, he got caught up to Argentina. But to be fair, I think that says more about the Argentina. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't um, been fit, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I think, I, I think we've chopped and changed quite a lot this season. I think we're still trying to figure out the best way to go forward. I think we kind of tried having three at the back and tried to went the England formation um, that they played in the summer and it hasn't that didn't quite work I think we've, we've then tried 4-3-3 we've now gone back to 4-2-3-1 um, has it hurt the team I don't know I think we're just kind of trying to adapting at the moment I think each season we've kind of found a new way of playing in a way in terms of formation and um, we kind of we kind of find it out around it takes us a couple months to kind of find out the best way of playing um, in terms of Sanchez, he did struggle yesterday. I'm not gonna lie, he looked nervous. I think at times he was he was just um, swiping at the ball and just not getting good contact. I think he gave away that corner uh, near the end that put us under a lot of pressure just before they equalised. It was like a swipe of the ball uh, right in the in the air. Um, is it is, is it because he's rotating? I, I wouldn't say that. I think when you have players like Jan and Toby in front of you. I don't think you can complain too much when you're not an automatic starter. And he has to put his foot down. That's how I see it. OK, fine. Vast, what's your thoughts there on Sanchez? Do you, do you agree with the boys? Do you think maybe in reality that being kind of in and out the side hasn't done him any favours? Because last season, I think he did have a regular run in the team. And that's where I think he did see his best form in a Tottenham shirt. Yeah, listen, regular runs help everybody, don't they? If you're in the, in the side uh, constantly. But... Pochettino is having to change his personnel 
so far this season, not just uh, the players, but also the formations. He's tried different formations. He's tried different people in and out. So it hasn't been a settled time for anyone. I think we always knew David Sanchez was was quite a raw player. He's still very, very young. Um, and his rise to this level has been somewhat rapid. Mm, yeah. um, coming from... from Colombia, then spending a season in Holland, and then before you know it, he's in the Premier League. Uh, even when, we, I mean, we all agree he had a good season last season, but exactly. there were there were these signs of um, just some indecision or some nerviness in his play, or getting caught out, some naivety, I should say. And it's just become more apparent this time being around because he's, I guess, because he's in and out of the side. Um, yeah, like Ben said, that that swipe at the ball that he gave a corner away so needlessly that was just I couldn't understand that at all really he didn't need to do that but yeah well it's early days I suppose and maybe once the team finds some confidence so will each player individually yeah fingers crossed a long season ahead I'm sure Davinson will be there on Thursday many great performances for Tottenham long long way to go let me come around to you Ben so thankfully Spurs did find a way back into the game and you would say it was just fate Deli Alli would have his involvement on the evening Tugged down in the box for Spurs to win a penalty. Cabaselli sent off. Obviously, boys, he was all there. So, Ben, on first viewing, did it look like a sending yeah. off? Was it a penalty? To be honest, I think it was. But to be honest, I really didn't care because I was so <laughs> desperate just for a goal. Oh, I don't care if it went off of someone's backside. I, didn't, I, didn't, I really didn't care. But I was so happy that the ref pointed to the spot. But you know what? It was really weird because... The first 20 minutes, it felt like a Deli Alley tribute match. Mm. You know, everyone, all they were singing were Deli Alley. All the M- there was a couple of NK Dons fans there. They, all they were looking at Deli Alley. He was captain, and I think he put in a really mature performance as well. Mm. There's actually a shrine to, wasn't there, in the actual stadium? A massive picture of Deli um, as part yeah. of it. So they obviously adore him there. He's the king of Milton Keynes, as they say. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, Sim, coming around to you. I mean, Ali, for me, I have. I adore this bloke. Now, for me, he always seems to step up where Spurs need him most. He always scores in big games, big pivotal mm-hmm. moments as well, doesn't he, Sim? Where, you know, the team yep. are under pressure, Delhi finds a goal, and again, it's another night, especially as captain as well, leading by example, you know, the calm and composure to get Tottenham back in the game, you know, and let's be honest, our cup competitions, you know, we haven't always done well, so it's great to see us, you know, Spurs maintaining that for this season, and Delhi, great to see him on the score sheet a couple of times for Tottenham. Yes, I think it was, as my brother said, a very mature performance from Delhi. I thought he, in the first half especially, uh, he was getting involved a lot on the interplay, like looking to create chances. I think it was probably, the, the penalty was probably one of the early times he got in behind the defence. And uh, I think he definitely did get tripped by Cabo Saley. I'm not, I, I'm not, I, don't know what, I don't know what the rules are anymore, red cards, but sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes they get uh, sent off, sometimes a yellow card. If they're attempting to get the ball, it's a yellow card. If they're not, it's a red. I'm not sure why he was. He, he fell, it was cynical, so he gave him the red, but uh, I wasn't sure about that one. It was a definite penalty. Um, Dele stepped up, he, he scored, obviously scored the winning penalty, nerves are still there. He, he obviously got the equaliser. Even when he had a, everyone said he had a bad season last season, he still got pretty good numbers for a midfielder. Anyone, pretty much any midfielder in the Premier League who got his numbers would be proud of, of what he achieved. So... He's one of the best in the Premier League. I think he's shown that consistently now over the over the last three years. I think he is going to be a big player for us this season. I think he's hoping he'll step up even more from last season. After, you know, 
because he did get 18, people forget, he got 18 Premier League goals a couple of seasons ago, that's and that's an astounding yeah. amount mm. for, for, for someone who plays in his position. So if he can get back to that kind of goal tally, that'd be absolutely amazing. Um, I thought he played well yesterday, and I thought him captaining the side, he showed a lot of maturity. And I was, it suited uh, him being captain, it really yeah. did. Mm. And for someone, you know, we have players like Toby in the team, you know, you have players like Wanyama in the team, and more experienced players, and Deli Ali was there, he was leading the team, and I thought he did a good job. For me, what really impressed me was after he won that penalty, he gets so many, he gets so much stick for being a bad egg or or whatever everyone likes to call him. But after he scored that winning penalty, he went straight over to that Watford guy who missed his penalty that's to try it. and console him. Yeah, that's no it. No celebrating or anything, and I was really proud of Delhi for doing that. Because mm. I don't think yeah. that's coming over to you. And the boys made a great point there. I mean, that side of his game is highlighted enough. You know, he's still a young, young kid. He's, he's still so young. And then I say, rather, at the end of the game, we're going to bring it on to it later in the show, rather than going to celebrate with his teammates, his first thought was to go over to, I think, Quina, if I'm pronouncing that right, who missed a penalty for Watford, to go and console him. It was, like the boys said, a really mature performance from Deli Ali. And, you know, that's, I just think, for me, you know, it's no surprise that our dipping form has come when Deli's been out of the team. He's absolutely pivotal to Tottenham, isn't he? I think he is, yeah. He does a lot of great work off the ball, um, just chasing stuff down into the corners, makes a lot of good runs and drags defenders away. I think Harry Kane likes playing with Delhi oh, alongside him mm. or just behind him. So I think they've obviously got how many, three seasons or more now of uh, playing together. So, yeah, he's a, he's a massive player for us, really. A bit understated somewhat. But I think he's, he's growing up, he's maturing. Um, he's not... Well, he doesn't appear to be as rash as he used to be. Uh, famous last words. He'll probably punch <laughs> someone at the weekend. But, oh, dear. You'll see that up there, that's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know it, don't you? <laughs> but no, I, definitely. We're, we're a different side with Delhi in the team, and I, I think it showed last night as well. Mm. I love the Podatino's words as well. He said that for Delhi Ali, it will be a night at LK Dons he'll remember for the rest of his career, the stadium that is. He says, I gave him the arm, man, because I think it was so exciting for him to play here in his hometown in Milton Keynes. It would be something he'll remember forever. That's on Delhi. I, I have to say this because I don't think it's ever said enough. Do you think Spurs fans and maybe football fans in general, that question when he doesn't score, they don't seem to take into account the work he does off the ball. He's another one that creates so much space around the pitch. Like you said there, for the likes of Harry. Does that in his game also doesn't seem to be given much recognition at times? Uh, yeah, probably, because I think fans just want to see players either creating goals or scoring goals. Mm. But, of course, football, there's a lot more to it. Um, no, don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a big game player. We've seen him. Big goals, doing it against, you know, Real yeah, Madrid, Chelsea, Chelsea, Liverpool, exactly. he's scored against. Yeah, yeah. Man United, uh, he's scored loads. Yeah, he's, mm. he's, he's there, isn't he? So, he, he always turns up... Um, he relishes the challenge as well by the looks of things. And, yeah, he's he's definitely a, a key player for us. Mm. I'd like to see him sign an extended contract, though. Oh, <laughs> we all would. We all would. <laughs> well, let's move it on to one part of the Argentinian affair. Because we're starting to adore this guy in a Tottenham show. I don't care that in the past, you know, there have been split opinions of him. And I can't use the word, use the word polarise anymore because people are in it too much. So I'll use the word split for some of you. And that Eric Lamella. I'm going to come round to you, Ben, because this guy, again, stepping up for Tottenham in a game where, you know, we were behind. Everyone thought it was the match winner. But what a finish. That little dink. What a great goal that was, Ben, wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant. He took it so well. And I thought... I thought, to be fair, Lamella, for the first kind of 60, 65 minutes of the game, probably like most of the team, didn't have a great performance. 
but he proper stepped it up in those last 20 minutes. He was, I think he played a lovely ball in, I think, I think it was, I think it was for Delhi, but I can't remember who that ball was for. For the penalty. Yeah, it was for Delhi, yeah? Yeah. And for that last 20 minutes, he was brilliant. Five goals in his last five games, throw an assist in there as well. Oh. Uh, two assists now, if you count the, uh, the one for the penalty. Yep. Um, absolutely brilliant. He's our form player at the moment, and who would have called that? <coughs> no, I don't think many would. And I, I say on the back of signing a new deal as well. I think the thing coming round to you, Sim, is that he's now thriving, isn't he, of this competition at midfield? Mm. He knows he's got Mora, he's got Sonny breathing down his neck, and I think you've now got kind of five viable options to go into three places in that midfield. And I've said this the other night. I think if Spurs had that competition for the likes of Ericsson, for the likes of Delhi, for the likes of Kane. God, you don't know where this Tottenham side could be, but you know, for Lamella in general, he's, he's honestly, he's. I suppose he's exceeding no expectations at the moment. I know we don't get too carried away, but he's had a breathtaking start to the season, hasn't he? Yeah, I think we're starting to see. I think the best of Lamella at the moment. I think. I think ever since last season, when he came back from his injury, I think he really stepped up his out his in terms of end product. He's getting more goals, more assists. I think his his energy's never been in question. He's always been that kind of defender, uh, midfielder, always a defence from the front. He's always had that high energy, but he's now starting to add, add a lot more end product, a lot more quality in the final third. And we always knew he had that in him, but we just haven't seen it enough on a more consistent basis. Yeah. And when yeah. we, we, you know the player we signed for Roma, Roma was a player who we thought was going to get you 15 goals a season, you know, with 10 assists, something like that. And it just never panned out like that. And hopefully now, I know it's taken a while, but he's got, <laughs> in his last five games, he's got five goals. He's really starting to get more of an output in the, um, in the final third of the pitch. And it's really, really encouraging. If we can, if we could, if he could do that, if he can get something like 10 goals a season or even like 15 goals a season, that would be so vital because we really rely on too much for goals from Deli Ali, from Ericsson and from Kane. We rely on those three so much. And if we can get someone else contributing into double figures, it'll be absolutely vital. That Rabone, yeah, there you go. That's it. The might be getting out the window because at the moment, you don't know what he could produce this season. He looks, honestly, in such great form. And Vass coming round to you, as the boys have t- taken the stats there, right out of my mouth, you know, he's even scored three goals in his last five games in all competitions for Tottenham. One fewer than he managed in 33 games last term. Fass, where are you on Eric Lamella? Are you in love with him as we are at the moment? <laughs> I've always liked him, to be honest. I've been a, a defender of his. I think he'll amidst, be one of his. Fa- um, is he been one of your favourite players? I'm sure you've said it on here before. He's been one of your one of your favourites, hasn't he? I don't know about my favourite, but I, I, I've definitely seen the the positive effect that he can have on mm. the team. Um, I found the criticism of him over the last few seasons somewhat unfair because of just the sheer level of injuries that that he's had, um, and. I mean, to have been out for as long as he has with uh, requiring double hip surgery or whatever it was, I mean, that's just some major effort to even get back playing football mm. as he did towards the end of last season. So I think with a pre-season under his belt, um, I'm hoping he stays injury-free now and we can see what Eric Lamella really can bring to this team. And the man's so passionate. He, he, oh. I think he loves playing for Spurs. Yeah. And... I think some, some I was having a conversation with somebody about Lamella uh, recently, and we were saying that if nothing else, this man cares. And I think oh, as a does. fan, you mm. want to, you want to see your players really care about. And it doesn't matter what what 
uh, game it is, even that disastrous last game of uh, the, the, the Leicester Championship season when we went up to Newcastle and, and we got done 5-1. You know, he was the only guy trying again and he always tries, he always cares, he always wants to win, he always wants to do his best and can't fault him for that. And now we're seeing an end product to come with it, so good on him. Mm. Very much so on that. I just think if Lamella can keep his consistency and his fitness, those two key points, if he can keep them... God, what a player he could be. Um, let's get a question here. We're going to try and throw your questions throughout the night. Guys, we've had to load in again, so thank you so much for these. Um, let's ask this one to you, Ben. So we had a question from FTO Bloke, at FTO Bloke, who says, Will Lamella now start the next Premier League game on Saturday against Huddersfield? What more does he need to do? What do you think, Ben? Well, uh, it's a difficult one because he's so good when he's coming off the bench. Um, yesterday in the game, I thought kind of... He wasn't good until the kind of 70th minute or so. Uh, but the thing is, we've got a big squad now. And we've got quality up there. We've got, yeah. you know, the likes of Lucas Mora, Hume Min Son. Um, so it's going to be hard for all of them. Up. Yeah, mm. Ali, you, know, you know, you can keep naming them. But <laughs> it's going to be hard for all of them to start every game. Um, but there's a long, long season ahead. So he'll definitely get minutes and time and starts under his belt. That's for sure. Mm. Well, there it's an injury. Probably start on the weekend, you think. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We're going to come on to those team notes later. Um, just on that goal, boys, we've got to talk about Moussa Dembele, who played a pivotal role in that. I mean, that's coming over to you. I don't think I've seen Moussa move that fast in years. What's going on? <laughs> it was an illusion, mate. <laughs> there was no one in front of him. No, is that what it was? Like is that, was yeah. It looked like he was going so quick. I was thinking, God, what's happening here? So he, he played an inch-perfect pass, though. To yeah, he did. Lamella. What a ball. Mm, what a ball. Um, and what a take by Lamella. So mm. casual. I mean, I, I had... The ball hit the back of the net, and I was still sort of wondering, <laughs> has that gone in? Like, it was an amazing sort of finish. But yeah, good on good on Dembele for doing that. It was, mm. uh, it was a great move. Yeah. Great break, breakaway. For once, we found some green grass and green space in front of us I know. and exploited it. There yeah. you go. There you go. Boys, let's get your take on Dembele, who, again, this season, there's been times where he looks, he's looked better, let's be honest, when he's come off the bench. Ben, Dembele, where do you see him? Because many Tottenham fans say this guy... It's going to be better for us, again, as an impact sub. He can't do 90 minutes. But when you see that ability, that ball we played the other night, granted, yeah, we're playing Watford's second team. I take that. It was a great, was a great ball, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely sensational. And how many through balls have you seen Dembele play in his first mm. career? I, I can't think of one. Not too many. No, no, no. And Sim, um, oh, sorry, uh, go for sorry, ev- Everyone talks about, you know, Dembele not playing 90 minutes. But last week, he played three games in a week. And the last game, he was 90 minutes. So... Who knows? Mm. Sim, what do you think on Dembele, long term? Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Dembele, but I was adamant that in the summer we had to start making moves to upgrade on him. I thought that it was, you know, he's been at us for a long time now and, and it, we struggle, we do struggle to get like even 25, 30 games out of him. And he's now, he's, he's kind of, the problem, the thing that I have with Dembele is that he, he hasn't. He hasn't done enough to. He's got what he's good at. He's amazing at. Mm. But he just hasn't got enough. He hasn't done enough in his first career to improve his game. And I feel like that we had to start looking to the future, and we didn't in the summer, uh, unfortunately. Um, so we have to kind of deal with what we have, which is a, one of the best midfielders on his day in the Premier League. But I just feel that he's he can he can struggle, especially when. Teams like Liverpool or you know or Man City, very good teams, come up against and they press him high. He can sometimes get caught out, and obviously yesterday he came off the bench. He did very well, and credit to him. But in terms of the season in the long term, I still think there are a few question marks. 
Fair enough. I mean, you would say about Dembele that if he had goals in his game, that's, would he be a Tottenham player for all these years? That's been my only kind of thing, <laughs> that if he had, you know, added, I don't know, 15 goals to his game, would he still be a Spurs player, Vass? <laughs> well, he wouldn't be Musa Dembele, that's for sure, mm. if he had 15 goals to his that's game. That's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny, though, because Dembele started out as a Set forward, wasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. it's weird that he hasn't scored many. He, he scored a few for Fulham. Mm. But I think as he's got older, his role's just changed and he's become a bit of a, not a midfield enforcer, but more of a controller in midfield and just keeping this possession and just moving us, um, moving us forward by laying it off to the more creative players. But I think he's got bags of talents and I think he's selling himself short a little bit. He, he needs, once he's on the edge of the box, he should have a crack a few times because I think he's got the capability of scoring the odd goal here and there. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Well, I've got to ask you, chaps, because Pochettino this season, he's been criticised, hasn't he, for his in-game management and his substitutions at the wrong time. Vassi, I'm actually going to stick with you for this one because I know, obviously, Pochettino, you're the same as Jace. You always tell it as it is when it comes to substitutions and, obviously, the way he manages games. Do you think he deserves a little bit of credit, Vass, because the game was going against us the other night? You know, many will say, again, it was logical to bring on the likes of Dembele and Sonny like he did, but he did change the game, Vass. Should we not give him some credit for that? Yeah, of course, but I think this this argument has been just a stick to beat Pochettino with whenever it suits. Because at the start of this season, he made some impact substitutions and good decisions at the when we played Fulham, when we played Man United, yeah. and then there was a bit of a lull. Apparently, he got all these substitutions wrong against Inter Milan, and, and he wasn't doing the right. Yeah, and Watford, and he made the wrong choices. And then all of a sudden he's made the right choices again against uh, Watford and, and, and last week against um, Brighton. Who did we play? Brighton, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a difficult one, but I think he's been more proactive this season from what I've seen. He's making more changes around the, I don't know, the hour mark or just after. Uh, whereas perhaps previously he was um determined to wait a little bit longer before changing anything because I think he had this belief, Pochettino, that mm. the players that he had on and the system that he was playing would eventually wear the opponent down and, and we'd come out uh, with a win. But sometimes, though, you do need to change it up and I think he's doing that more uh, from what I've seen this season. Let's get the boys' thoughts on Maurizio Pochettino. I mean, let's start with you this time, Sim, because as I said, this mm. season has been criticisms of him in terms of, as I said, that in-game oh. management, the way he's managed his substitutions. Do you think we have to cut this guy a bit of slack? Because throughout the course of the season, of course, there's going to be decisions he gets right. There's going to be decisions he gets wrong. And again, the other night, you know, he got the right, he got the right subs, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, brought on Son, brought on Dembele. Son made a massive impact when he came on the pitch. He, was, he ran the uh, Watford's fullback absolutely ragged, I thought. Um, Dembele obviously got the assist for the second goal when he came on, and he obviously controls things. I think, yeah, I do think he gets a bit of, of a bad rap in terms of his um, game management. I do think there was a stat, I remember last season, that I think only, I think he got... Um, from his substitution, something like two goals or something, like two of his subs mm. got a goal last season, something like that. Yep. So maybe there is validity, but for every time we struggle to break a team down and he doesn't make a sub and we fail to win, there's a, there's a, there's a game where we stuck with the form, stuck with the tactics, stuck with the formation, we end up getting the winner. So he most of the time he trusts in his plan. He Pochino is a bit different in terms of he doesn't usually change change up the plan tactically. 
kind of it's either plan A or just trying to make plan A better. It's yeah. not really a plan B. Mm. Um, so he's he's different in that sense. Um, but I think his in-game management is underrated. I think he 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 knows he spots things sometimes, and I think he gets sometimes. a bad rap. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, listen. Sometimes he is too late to change it. I think occasionally, but I, I think he has a reputation of being of never of really leaving it way too late all the time. And I think it's a bit unfair. Ben, is that unfair? Do you think that reputation as Sims is there? Yeah, I think so. I think he gets a lot of stick for not making changes early enough, and even like that stick is unwarranted. Like if you go back to the Juventus game last season at Wembley, everyone goes on about him making changes early, but. You know, Juventus scored literally like how many minutes after we? A minute, yeah, like, yeah, a minute or so. We found ourselves. Mean? It was like two minutes. There was no time for him to make a change there. So, but also, I think this season our squad is looking stronger. I know we have, we didn't sign anyone from last season, but you had Lucas Moura with a with a preseason behind him. You had all the injury guys coming back from Alderweireld. Wanyama's coming back now. Lamella, so I think Rose, even yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, our our squad is looking beefier, and we are. Our, and our bench is looking much better. Mm. So it's much easier after him like bringing people on and changing the game this season as opposed to last season. Mm. Before we get on talking about our loving for Gazaniga, unfortunately, boys, we've got to cover the equaliser. And Vass, I'm going to start with you because it would be typical Tottenham, wouldn't it? It's all going similarly well. Lamella's put us in front. You're all absolutely going balmy. You're loving life. And then out of nowhere... Kapoor scores against us and a massive deflection off Ben Davis. That really topped off his poor evening. Vass, again, what what do you make of that one? What did you make of the way we conceded that goal? Was it just unfortunate? Should we have done better? No, I think we should have done better. Um, I was watching the play. It was uh, I was sat just up above the dugouts and the ball was in that sort of area. Eric Lamella did a nice little chest to keep control of it and um, it, it was right on the, on the touchline there and somehow he... he he went to ground. I think he thought he was fouled and lost possession. And then Watford broke away. And they moved from the halfway line in front of the dugouts down the left wing, which by this time we're without Aurea and no recognised right back. And the ball has played its way across goal. And Kapu uh, has, has had a shot. Fortunate, got deflected. But we had plenty of time to sort of gather us our composure, our positions, uh, and, and make some challenges. And, and we just didn't. And be that late in the game, you've got to be seeing the game out. And, and we said similar things after Inter Milan. Um, and it happened to us again uh, last night. We, we've got to be better in the dying minutes of a football match. Uh, I mean, it's not something that we've had a real problem with under Pochettino in recent seasons but this season it just seems to be a massive lack of concentration and, and we, they've got to address that really we do usually it's the other way around for, for us usually we're the ones scoring in the last yeah, minute yeah that's a good point yeah. great point that's yeah. right top yeah. uh, great great point there Ben um, Sim I want to come round to you we had a question in from let me find the question here this is from Anthony Hurd at Anthony H7. Anthony, thanks so much for your question. He says, why are we continually struggling with conceding late goals? What can you put it down to, Sim? Because, you know, Ben makes a great point there. Normally Tottenham are the team that are wearing teams down and finding the late goals. Why are they suddenly going against us? Can you put your finger on as to why? It's tough. It's a tough one to, to call. I mean, you have to look at the games, you know, Watford, Inter Milan, um, even Brighton. Mm. 
yesterday now. We, we really are struggling late on in games. And I don't know whether it's um, case, a case where we are... I don't know. Maybe it's a fitness issue. Maybe it's just at the start of the season, we're not as intense in our, you know, in our pressing, or we're not as in, we're not as fresh as we could be. Maybe it's something to do with that. It's um, it's a difficult one because we're one of, we're supposed to be one of the fittest teams, if not the fittest team in the Premier League. We probably we usually run more than any, any other team. May, is it something to do with the players being at the World Cup? I don't know. What other excuse can we give? Because usually this is this doesn't happen to a team like us. But it's not only it's not only that. I would say one other real struggle we're having is set pieces. We're mm-hmm. really struggling with set yep. pieces at the moment. And I, I I think it's I think the two together. You know, you put set pieces and then teams getting set pieces in the last minute. At the moment, <laughs> it's an absolute recipe for disaster. And um, it's something that we have, I think Pochettino has to really look at and really analyse as to try and find the problem, what's going on. Because personally, unless I can say it's because the players of the World Cup are coming back and still finding their freshness, I can't really see why they're losing their concentration uh, late in the game so often. It's now four games now I can point to just off the top of my head that yep. this season was struggling late on in games and it's, it's got to be sorted out. It has got to be sorted out. It most certainly has, especially against Huddersfield. We're going to bring that preview on to you guys very, very shortly. But let's come on. We've waited, oh, what, 40 minutes? It's a tough bit of gas and eager loving, isn't it? Well, let's let's go straight <laughs> Let's go straight to you, Vass, because he's the new gazer on the scene. I don't think anyone could have expected what we've had in the last couple of games from him. And Vass, I said it tongue-in-cheek last night, and maybe I've got to say a bit more seriously. I don't know if I have. Is he driving Hugo for his spot? No, he isn't. No, he isn't. There you go. <laughs> no, Straight as anything. Shut down. me down in flames. You're right. He's a cut the game. Keep yourself calm, Sorry, Ricky. Ricky. Carry it away. He's a good-looking fella. He's a good-looking fella, no doubt about it. Mm. But he's he's not our number one keeper at the moment. He's uh, he's done really well. His penalty saves yesterday were excellent. He made right. them look so effortless, in mm. fairness. I don't know whether they were bad penalties or good saves. <laughs> but I'll say, I'll say they were good saves. Um, he's done well. Credit to him. I think... More than anything, he's rivaling Bourne now for the number two oh, uh, yeah, keeper's role. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I don't think I see. I think as soon as Hugo's fit, he'll, he'll be back uh, between the sticks. I'd yeah. say. All joking aside, now listen, Hugo most certainly is Tottenham's number one. But as you've said, there, Vass, and bringing it onto the boys, I think there's no doubt about it now that Gazaniga has firmly has put himself as number two. Ben Spurs winning the penalty shootout and Gazaniga being the hero. I mean, could you believe your eyes whilst you were there watching it? Unbelievable, mate! Like I think you saw signs last season against Palace when he played that. Yeah, he looks a good keeper, but I think these two performances have really impressed me, especially after those warm calamities. You know what I mean? And that penalty shootout! Wow, what a guy! What a guy he is! <laughs> I love him. Mm. Sim, I've got to ask you because, as I said, it's the Argentinian affair. This we've got Lamella on one side. We've obviously got Pochettino in there. We've got five hasn't played a game yet, but Gazaniga is stealing all the headlines. And this is a great stat at the moment. Spurs have won every competitive match he's played in, and a top and a Tottenham shirt at the moment. Gazaniga, can we afford to drop him? With that, we can. Come in the moment, Sim. He's got to play every game at this rate, isn't he? <laughs> He's a good luck charm at the moment, it looks mm. like. I mean, he also caught both penalties, unbelievably, as well. You've got yeah, to remember yeah. that. Guys, he's, he stands at six foot five. Six foot five. He's a big guy. Um, and he definitely... I know I said we str- we're struggling at the moment set pieces, but we've definitely looked a lot more comfortable since he's come in, that's for sure. Mm. At least he's actually coming to claim some stuff. I don't think he's challenging Hugo just yet, but no. he's definitely um, definitely a big part of the Argentina love affair at the moment. Spurs love a good RG, that's for sure. Um, and <laughs> and Gaz, Gazaniga, he's 
you got you can't fault him at the moment. You really can't. I think his in terms of playing out from the back, I still think he's got a bit of work to do. I, I think his distribution, his distribution is awful. <laughs> yeah, his distribution is it's, uh, it's a work still, in progress, isn't he? We'll okay. give him time. It's a work in progress. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, but you you can't you can't fault him in the moment. He's not. I don't think he's the kind of sweeper keeper that Vorm and Lorisa are. He's a bit different. But he's a safe pair of hands, you know. If, you, if you've got a big uh, cross into the box, I've got no worries about him claiming it. And he's got a good reflex saves. And uh, you got you can't fault him. And what, yeah, in the penalty shootout, he was marvellous. And coming up and competing with a keeper like Gomez as well, who has a pretty good record from the spot, uh, it was good to see Gazaniga coming out on top. Yeah, Poor old Gomez diving the wrong well, way every It's funny, Ben. You, you bring up Gomez there. Let's not forget Tottenham went and signed this guy on the back of him knocking us out the um, UEFA Cup, if you remember, years ago against PSV. Yeah, exactly. That was where we decided Gomez was the man. The octopus, as many call him, is. <laughs> we had some funny times with Gomez, didn't we? The, the daft, the crazy, the brilliant. We could talk about Gomez for a whole show. but I absolutely love Gomez. I really do. <laughs> But that, there's that one performance against Arsenal that really stands out for that me, if you remember save. it. With that wonderful save. Yeah. That one. Van Persie, yeah. yeah. From Judas as well. And from Judas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He had some great saves, but honestly, he had some mad moments. Remember him crying, Stoke away? How can we forget that? Yeah. <laughs> Tears <laughs> running down his eyes. You, you don't need that at Stoke, Stoke away. You need to be strong. That was years ago when Stoke were good. We can say <laughs> that now. But let me bring it back round to Have you, you seen some of the people that live in Stoke? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he was crying. Oh, dear. Well, Bass, let me stick with you. This is about Gazaniga, of course. Dan Trevor says, is there a more handsome man than Gazaniga? And should we be worried that playing for us, he may get hurt or even get dirt on his face? <laughs> I'll tell you what, from what I've been seeing on social media and, and, and whatever, I think um, Gazaniga's the kind of guy that will make uh, heterosexual men think twice about their sexuality. <laughs> well, I've got to say this because Lee McQueen, if you're listening in, Lee is claiming Vass to be his double. Can we, can we allow that? No, we can't. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. There you go. You've heard it here first. Vass has shot you down. Lee's going to have his own sound in a couple of weeks' time. We'll get him in the Love Sports studio and back on the show. I'm sure Lee will give his own thoughts. But, boys, we've got more questions on Gazaniga. Let's field some more. Mark Butcher coming around to you, Sim. This was a very stressful game, but Gazaniga saved us. Who is, should we go for in terms of fullbacks for Tottenham for the rest of the season? Should we be keeping it to Aurea and Rose, Davis and Trippier? Should there be rotation? Let's, let's discuss that for a second. Let's go to... Let's stick with you. On this one, Sim, what do you think we should do? Should we keep on rotating? Um, I think at the moment, Rose has definitely got that spot. I left by that's for right. sure. I think he's definitely, his, his performances are improving uh, week on week, I feel. And especially given the form that Davis is in as well, coupled with that, you've got to give Rose the, the full back position there. On the right back, it, it becomes more interesting because I really do feel Trippier hasn't had a good start at all to the season. Um, I feel like he's been exposed in um, a, a lot of the back. I feel like he's been a bit of a, um, a liability at the back. And we don't think we've seen the best of him, apart from that free kick against Fulham. I don't think we've seen enough of him going forward for him to, um, to say he's an automatic starter. Um, and, and obviously, given Aurier's impressive performances, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's competition there. I wouldn't say either of them has the, has the number one spot at the moment. So they're happy to keep rotating. But I guess number one at left back is definitely Rose. Okay, there you go. I hope that's answered your question, Mark. And let's come over to you, Ben, and ask you a question here from Aaron at Spurs. Aaron, who says, Does Gaza become our automatic second choice keeper now over Vorm? Has had three games at Spurs. We've won all three, won us the game against Watford, and has proved himself only in two games this season. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
I 100% agree with that. I would not play Vaughan pretty much again, to be honest. I really don't like him as a keeper. I think he's been declining. <laughs> I've been, I think he's been declining over the past two years, to be fair. Mm. Um, Gazaniga, 100% record, uh, lucky charm. And he looks brilliant while he's doing it. So does, let's yes. keep him there. That's the argument. Ladies are loving him at the moment, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> let's move on and discuss... Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's take another question about the cup. Because this is coming from Cooper, American Spur, who kindly called into Love Sport the other night. Cooper, I hope you will. Vass, question in for you, this one. With Man United and Liverpool out of the cup, will Poch take it a little more seriously? That depends, obviously, on our next opponent. But Vass, to be fair, as we've discussed, his selection for the Watford game was pretty strong. Would you argue if we had that kind of similar selection if we did come up against more of a, a bigger side? No, I wouldn't argue with that. I think, um, see, it comes back to uh, players needing games as well. I know mm. what you said um, early doors, Rick, about some of the youngsters not getting a look in. But when you've got players coming back from injury and needing game time, it's going to deprive those youngsters of a look in, sadly. So... That's probably one of the reasons why he went as strong as he did. But I I can see that sort of continuing because this team, for whatever reason this season, hasn't really hit the heights or hit the ground running. And so it's going to be a question of playing them more regularly so that we can sort of rediscover our groove, as it were. Um, the draw is going to be important too, I suppose. I mean, if we get a... Um, another Premier League team in the next round or, or a championship side that's doing quite well, then we're going to need to go strong again. And there aren't that many weak teams left in it, to be honest. See, that's a great point you make there, Vass. Because I say, realistically now, you've got, what, Man City left in there? You've got, obviously, Chelsea. Apart from that, Vass, there shouldn't really be anyone to fear, should there? Uh, no, they shouldn't. I mean, the goons are still in it. Oh, God, sorry, um, I forgot about them. I don't, I don't really look that far down behind us, to be honest. But okay. <laughs> yeah, true. We don't fear them, lot. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. But I mean, we've got to put. We've got to, as long as I, I said this before, as long as we're putting out a team in each round yep. that is good enough to win that particular that's game. Key, isn't it? That's the most important. That's, thing. What, yep. that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Well, just on the penalties, we've got to say, I mean, I think a lot of Tottenham fans going into the shootout were absolutely mortified because, you know, that is following seven shootouts defeats in a row. Spurs have now won their last two. I mean, boys, a word on the penalties. You know, you must have had your hearts in your mouth there. Ben, was you surprised by the quality of our penalties? Even Lorente, I mean, that penalty, God, what a strike that was. When Lorente was walking up that penalty, I literally oh, had my heart we, in my we mouth. We all had that moment, didn't we? We were all thinking, oh, no, oh, no. And it literally hit the underside of the bar. It's probably the best penalty of the night. I was hoping you'd head it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch a single one of our penalties. You turned away, Vass. Couldn't, couldn't bear it, Vass. No. I couldn't bear it. I, start, I took a sneak peek at some of theirs, and thankfully, Gazaniga saved oh, too. Oh, that so does that help. Mm. And Delhi at the end stepping up with the winning penalty. Now, Vass, sticking with you on Delhi because I know we spoke about him earlier. But wasn't that a real, you know, that was a real captain's performance, wasn't it? Leading by example, stepping up not once, but twice from the penalty spot, you know, to put Spurs through. As we said about Delhi, we love him. But again, Ras, to make that point again, reiterate the point, big, big balls to step up there to take another penalty. Yeah, it's always the, the, the question when a player takes a second penalty in a game, whether it's during normal time or in a penalty shootout, whether they're going to go the same way or put in a different area, it becomes a little bit of mind games in that scenario. 
but he held his nerve and he put it in exactly the same place as he put the first one uh, in normal time. I think Gomez got close to both of them, in fairness. Mm, he did. But, yeah, um, yeah they, they were well-placed enough to, to hit the back of the net. So, yeah, great stuff from uh, from Delhi. Mm. I mean, I just thought I'd ask you, chaps, with the draw, I think it's on Saturday, isn't it? Saturday evening, bizarre. I think Saturday evening, bizarre, bizarre time to do it. But who do we all yeah. want? Who do we all want? Let's Let's have a quick... Cut the seconds. Let's go round the table. One, one answer. Who do we want? Ben, go and fire me. Who are you fancying? Arsenal. Where at? Anywhere, mate. <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere. Fantastic. Six, seven thousand down there. Oh, brilliant. Sim, what do you think? Um, go on. I'll take West Ham at Wembley again. <laughs> Wembley. Okay. Revenge. Revenge. Exactly. Well, we've got revenge against uh, Watford after the Premier League defeat. Vass, let me ask you. Who do you fancy? See, you guys are braver than me. I'd want a Burton or a Blackpool or something. Like <laughs> oh, Bass, you wasn't no, no, Bass, I was going to agree with you. I was going to take that Burton away or MK Dos. I'll take that. I'm not fussed. Yeah. <laughs> Build our way slowly, Vass. Is that the plan? Build our way yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's it. Until we find our groove again. I'll tell you what, though. It's much easier getting knocked out earlier on than later on. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts less, doesn't it? That's for sure. Definitely hurts less. Well, we've got the small preview coming up now of Huddersfield at the weekend. Now... As you know, Tottenham fans, and as we all know, Spurs fans, we don't have to put certain fate on things, but Huddersfield, bottom of the league, yet to win a game this season, played six, drawn two, lost four, only scored three goals and conceded 14 during that time. Fats, I hate to ask you this. Dr Tottenham aren't coming, are they? Oh, fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but I always yeah. hate this, Vass, because it's only Tottenham fans that you could actually have the discussion with and actually go into a game fearing it more when you're playing the side yeah. bottom. I think you'd rather them be 17th, 18th, not bottom. Uh, listen, if if there's a game coming up where we need to exert ourselves and uh, try and rediscover our, ourselves, then this is it. Um, last season, I think Huddersfield tried to be brave against us, uh, tried to come out and attack us, and, and we really put them to the sword. I don't think they're going to be that brave this season, and it's going to have to be another game where we're going to have to be patient to see if we can break them down. Um, they're not scoring many, no, which we should take mm. comfort from. But I think as long as we control the game, and we've got to start creating chances. I think the common theme in recent games has been we've not been creating a lot of chances. Once we get to that point where we are creating chances again, I think uh, you know think things will be fine with Spurs. Okay. Go on, Sim, say that. Go for it, Sim. Now, I say, you say, you said it's, uh, you know, we have to start creating chances again. And obviously, the team news did come out with it. Mm. Hearing Ericsson's going to be ruled out of the game, I think it's a big blow for us. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think he's vital for us. I really, he's, he's as vital as any other player that we have. And in terms of creativity, we have no one who's anywhere near as creative as Christian Ericsson. That's one problem that we ha- that we haven't solved yet is when Ericsson's on the pitch, how do we um, compensate creatively? And we'll see on Saturday. For me, he's our most important player. Oh, yes. I don't think yeah, we yeah, yeah. can have playing without Ericsson. That's the honest truth. I don't think he's been playing that well, though, this season so far. I don't know if you guys agree. I agree with you, I I agree with you Vass, but I think with Ericsson, he's, he's one, isn't he one of those players, boys, that with Ericsson and Vass, you get, give me your thoughts on this, that if Ericsson's fit, and he's not in the starting eleven on a Saturday or a Sunday. And Spurs fans see that starting lineup on Twitter, 
everyone's going absolutely mental. Why is Ericsson not in the team? Why is he only on the bench? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those situations where I agree that he's not been playing well. But if he was even dropped to the bench, there'd be an inquest. Do you, do you not agree that? Oh, listen, we wouldn't we wouldn't drop him. Mm. I mean, we wouldn't drop him from from a point of view of form. I think Pochettino mm. recognises how important he is for yeah. us. And there's no question that when he's on form and he's ticking, he makes us tick. No, no question at all. I, I'm just saying that so far this season, I don't think he's been That's himself. Fair. He hasn't yeah, been, been as creative as he can be. And I really hope he finds his form quick because we need him to. Um, and it's just strange. This injury seems to have come out of the blue a little bit. Mm, does. I mean, Ericsson so far this season has run further than any other player in the Premier League. 73.67 kilometres, that work rate right there. And, you know, it's funny you boys bring brought it up there, coming over to you, Sid, because he's missed just nine games through injury since joining Spurs in 2013 and hadn't sustained an injury since August 2013 prior to this abdomen issue he's facing now. So, as you said, we're not used to dealing without him. Can we at the weekend, do you think, Sim? It's going to be tough. I think I think that's why Lamella has to start because I think he's the only player who can... He, I don't think he can get anywhere near creatively what Ericsson does, but mm. I think he's the only player who kind of can get near that that, that kind of level. Um, I think that it's going to be it's going to be difficult because we have obviously got players like Son and Lucas who like to run a bit more in behind um, and, and, and kind of aren't used to playing in front of defences. And I think they struggle sometimes when there's, they when defenses sit deep, and that's what we know Huddersfield are going to do on um, Saturday, or we think anyway. Um, so can we compete? I'd like to think we can. I ho- I'm hoping that our defence can carry us through, and we can if we can nick a goal from somewhere, then hopefully then Huddersfield have to come out a bit, then we can hit them on the counter attack. I'm hoping that's how the game is going to play out. But if we go to you know if we haven't scored by half time and they go to the hour mark, and we're still struggling, then it's going to be tough. But I'm I'm confident that we can still get the three points, but I don't think it'll be uh, very, very easy. Mm. Just a word on Christian Eriksen. We must say, Mauricio Pochettino said in his pre-match press conference ahead of the game that Eriksen's injury is only a small one. He hopes we'll be able to face Barcelona next week. He also mentioned that Hugo Lloris has a chance of facing Huddersfield, although how doubtful that is because the club website actually said he was out. As far as we understand it, he's being assessed but just on the injury front, coming back round to you, Vass, we know that Sir Juria is also being assessed after picking up a quad injury, um, obviously the previous night against Watford. Question in here, Vass, and again, it links back to the defence. This is from Dav Spur. And he says, again, we've discussed a lot about rotation, so not to go too much into it, but he does say, what is our best defence, maybe ahead of this game at the weekend? What would you say on that one, Vass? Who would you go with for the weekend game? Um, well, I'll bring Yan. Back in and okay. with Toby centrally, and I think it's gonna. So you're dropping Sanchez. It's, so it's a flat back four, is it? For you? Yeah, sadly. Listen, I like the back three, mm. um, but it's just unfortunate that when we've tried it this season, it, it hasn't quite worked, and a lot of people have jumped on onto it uh, as being something we shouldn't do. But um, nevertheless, because I, I think the back three is a more attacking formation for us, because it allows the wing backs to push on problem is if the wing backs aren't doing their job it makes it look a little bit silly so that's the problem yeah. uh, I, th- I think we'll, we'll go back four and I think it'll be um, Vertonghen and, and Toby centrally I think Danny Rose will be back at left back no question and Trippier will be back purely because um, Aurea I think will be out for a little while now with that injury do you think that if Aurea came through that 90 minutes would Pochettino have been tempted to start him at the weekend or do you think he would always probably rotated it I think Pochettino probably would have always rotated it, but if it was me, I, I, I would have just kept Torrey in mm. there. I think he's been um, 
he's looked better than Trippier so far this season. He has. It's true, isn't it? He has. I mean, let's get your thoughts on it, boys. Let's go around first to you, Sim. What's your what's your lineup, Sim? Come on, give us what you think is going to be the lineup on on the weekend against Huddersfield. What would you go for if you're Pochettino? How many changes are you looking to make? Well, obviously, Aurier is injured, so I think Trippier comes back in. I mm. still think I think Gaz is going to play. I think Rose has to come back in. I agree with Vaz or that um, Vertonghen and Toby will be the back, be back too. I think we have got to go four two three one again. Um, I think if Huddersfield are going to sit back, we have to get as many attacking players as possible. Uh, I think Dembele and probably be Dyer. Yeah, it? probably be Dyer because I, I, I'm because sure, Wanyama didn't look good again. I thought against Watford. To be fair, I, I, I still wasn't. Does he just need games? Do you think, Sim? Is that the argument with Wanyama? I, just need to build up a games. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Listen, mm. I, I, there are rumours that <sighs> he just hasn't been the same since his injury and there are mm. doubts whether he can ever go back to his best. I'm hoping it's just the fact that, you know, he's coming back from injury. It's going to take him a while to get back to 100%. I'm hoping that's the situation, but obviously it remains to be seen. I think he's I think he's a better option than Dyer, but at the moment, if he's not 100%, I guess Dyer has to be, even though Dyer as well has had a pretty shocking season. Um, mm. But I think Dembele and Dyer have to be the two. I would go with I'd I'd put I'd put Son on the bench. I'd put Lucas Lamella and Delhi behind Harry Kane. I'd put and have Son as an impact sub. There you go. One, there you go. Sims Sims gone for it. And Ben, what do you think? Would you agree with that? Would you make the changes? One hundred percent spot on. I think from Sim. Um, <laughs> Not the first time. There you go. Brothers agreeing. Does that normally happen with you two? <laughs> that, Not really. It, to be no. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a bit of a scrub on the floor, but you know, uh, today I'll accept his point. <laughs> it always helps when the back of Spurs win, doesn't it? You're not arguing as much. <laughs> exactly. Always if helps. we would have lost last night, then oh. I probably would have said, oh, Sam, you're wrong. Would have, been, would have been murders on here. Couldn't have had that. Couldn't have had that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, boys, let's get some predictions then. Let's go round the table. Vass, let's kick it off with you. Come on, I'm sure you leave us a, a positive one, Vass. What, for the uh, Huddersfield game? Uh, I'll say. 2-0 Spurs. 2-0 Spurs. There you go, Vass. A clean sheet, Vass. Am I right? A clean sheet. It's got to happen, it's got to happen sometime, Rick, surely. It's got to, you're right, it's got to happen sometimes. Let's see if the boys also agree with that. Let's go first to you, Sim. What are you going to go for? Uh, yeah, 2-0. I agree with that, I agree with that prediction. Two I think okay. Huddersfield are really struggling for goals at the moment. So if we concede, another, if we concede again, oh. then we really, <laughs> our alarm bells are going to start really, really ringing. But hopefully a clean sheet, a couple of goals and a nice three points. Fingers crossed. Ben, what are you going to go for? Um, I'm a bit more confident than these two. I think it's going to be, if we can score early, I'm going for kind of a similar scoreline to last year. So I'm going three or four nil, to be honest. I, tell you, I can't believe I think... it's so far. Is everyone got, everyone's going for clean sheets here? Clean sheets across, across the board? How does goals? But Tottenham concede. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to concede, it's going to be the last minute. So Fair enough. Okay. So we're, four going, one, we're going with 4-1, 91st minute goal from their end. Yeah, that's it. Oh, we'll take that. We'll take that. Boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Vass, as always, great to have you on the show. Vass, I have to give you guys a shout out. Hot Spring America, we love you, as you know. Our friends from across the USA. Vass, tell us, for anyone that doesn't know where to find you guys, please tell us, Vass, how we can find you. Please. Right, for the, for the podcast, you can find us uh, on iTunes or your normal Android app for podcasts, uh, Podbean and the like, or you can find us on Spreaker. Uh, we're on Facebook, Hotspur America. Uh, we usually post uh, a link to the pod on there as well. And we're on Twitter at Hotspur America and Hotspur America on Instagram also. I must just say, Vass, you always, you know, you're, you're pretty much straight out of the blocks, aren't you? You're normally the first Spurs podcast early doors out there. Yeah, we, we 
usually drop first thing Monday. Sometimes we get it out uh, late on a Sunday night. Mm. So, yeah, if anyone is uh, wanting some Spurs chat in their ears, then, yeah, give it a try. Give it a try. Honestly, you won't be disappointed. Great, great show. Vass, once again, thank you for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. No, thanks for having me, Rick. It's been great to be on. Don't be uh, soon. Pleasure. With the boys, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, fantastic. We'll, you'll be back on soon, Vass. And boys, Ben, Sim, it's been a real pleasure. Now... I can't believe Spurs fans don't know where to find you, but if they do want to find you and even want to see you, how can they do that, chaps? So we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all under the name of We Are Tottenham TV. And if anyone wants a fan cam after the game, they can find us at Wembley. Just direct message us on Twitter right now and we'll arrange that for you guys. There you go, fantastic. These boys, honestly, home and away every game. Boys, got to say it's been a real pleasure. Ben, Sim, thank you ever so much for coming on. Hopefully we'll get you guys on throughout the season again. Yeah, we'd love to come back on. Thanks for having us on once again. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. Ricky. Oh, Always you're very kind. We've beat the demons anyway, haven't we? We've done it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We made it. Monday night. Oh, Monday Thanks. night never yeah. happened. For those guys out there that didn't know, Monday night, our recording failed. We've then gone to record tonight and there's been a power cut. Could you believe it? With the Tottenham TV. We are Tottenham TV, <laughs> lads. So we've fought heaven and earth to get this show over the line. So guys, enjoy it. Let's hope we're celebrating three points at the weekend against Huddersfield. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.